98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Friday. It is time for all of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolfing down your lunch, Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey sat out out at practice with a thigh injury for the second day in a row Thursday. But today, on Friday, he was upgraded to a limited participant. And according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, there is still optimism he can play against the Cardinals on Sunday. Now the official injury report came out, and he's listed as questionable. So we'll see. But here's James Connor. Oh, I mean, can never, can never sleep on him. You know, can never sleep on him. He's a, you know, he's always can, he can make the big play, can catch it, can run, can do it all, can block. So yeah, you just gotta know where that guy's at, and uh, he's, a, he's one play away from going the distance. So we gotta gotta be on him. How crucial is that Christian McCaffrey spot on Sunday? So he's played ten games the last two years. So ten out of what? What is that? 33 possible games he's played in the last two years? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. If he, like I said earlier, if he doesn't play, and I, I don't think it's a lock he plays. He is one of those guys that is questionable, and I think sometimes they're like, we're going to hold him out, and hopefully we get him back next week at full strength. If he doesn't play, there's no excuse for losing to Carolina. If he does play, this gets very difficult. Yeah, um, let me just say I expect Christian McCaffrey to play uh, just based on the fact he missed Wednesday, missed Thursday, then all of a sudden always oh, out there on a, a limited basis on Friday. Yeah, that kind of sounds like a rest week for the most part with a guy that knows the offense, knows exactly what it is you're going to ask him to do, and he's going to be ready to go. I think it'd be a mistake for the Cardinals to think otherwise. So the rest of the Cardinals injury report, A.J. Green, Richard Lawrence, and Ezekiel Turner are out. And then quite a few players are questionable. Those include Marquise Brown, Zaven Collins, Rodney Hudson, Rondale Moore, Matt Prater, and J.J. Watt. Of those names, is there one that concerns you more over the other? J.J. Watt. Uh, yeah, it's got to be Watt or Hudson, right? Baker's hoping J.J. Watt's not yeah, playing. Exactly. I mean, that's, he ruined Baker's life last year. He did. He did. That shoulder. I totally forgot about that. I did say that earlier in the show. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but the headband was so distracting <laughs> that I didn't hear what you to were saying. To be fair, I didn't say what Maloney just said where he ruined his whole season. I just said he had a sack. So it was a little yeah, bit Yeah, J.J. Watt, because once again, it's going to be about the line of scrimmage this game offensively and defensively for the Cardinals or get out. I, I will say this. Why is Matt Prater questionable? Like... I don't know, and you kind of need your kicker when you're kicking into a hurricane. Yeah, this is not one of those games where like, oh, we're going to have our linebacker kick today because our kicker's hurt. He's going to be okay, right? I'm sure he's going to play. Can he make kicks? I mean, it's his hip. He's well, going to be fine. What else is a kicker going to injure? Like, that's that's the worst part for a kicker to have hurts. His plant leg. Got to be his plant leg. <laughs> You're making me nervous as you talk. Yeah, okay, so worse, our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com. I was hoping you were going to say like a finger or something, you know, like a hip. Okay, you kind of need your hip to kick. So 
What is your prediction for the Cardinals at the Panthers? Cardinals win close. Cardinals lose close. Cardinals win big. Cardinals lose big. Okay. I think they win a close game. And here's why. They're playing on the road. And that's all the analysis I need to get. (laughs) They're on the road and they win when they're on the road. I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to run out a different offense on Sunday. Nobody's told me that. I just think they're going to do it. And it might be wishful thinking on my part. But if they do run that offense out there that I expect them to, they're going to win by a little. (laughs) Okay? 37. Guess. It's not a prediction. 37% say Cardinals lose close. 34% 34% say Cardinals win close, 19% say Cardinals lose big, and then 11% say Cardinals win big. So the Bengals got the win on Thursday night football, 27-15, to but that was overshadowed by the injury to Tua Tungavailoa when he was taken off the field on a stretcher after suffering apparent head and neck injuries. This comes less than a week after Tua underwent concussion evaluations at halftime after he hit his head on the ground and then stumbled while trying to return to the huddle. The team initially listed him as questionable to return because of a head injury, but later said it was a back injury that caused him to stumble. The good news, though, Tua did fly back with the team last night and was in good spirits upon returning to his home in South Florida. Initial tests showed no structural damage, although Mike McDaniel did say today that Tua is experiencing some headaches. Great. But it's the debate today. Should he have been out there? Well, I mean, they're showing the replay of the game in the studio right now, Wolf, and I can tell you I'm dreading the part where he gets hit here coming up because yeah. it was it was, it was was horrible to watch. And it, it wasn't the hit so much. It was his reaction. And like you said earlier, sometimes you can have an injury that doesn't look bad, but it's just it's kind of where it hits you. I, I'm not going to sit here and say oh, he got hurt last night because he got hurt last week. All I know is this. In the span of five days, I've seen Tua look two different times like he was not right. That shouldn't happen. There's got to be a way to avoid that. Um, yeah, listen, this is hard for me to actually talk about. And the only reason why is because you don't know yourself. But these guys know. I mean, these Miami Dolphins trainers and team doctors and the staff, they actually have. They're not going to run to out there unless he's okay. They put him through a, a, a procedure, concussion protocol, and went through that and watched him closely. I'll promise you that. You don't get a job in the National Football League as a doctor or a trainer without being really, really good. They vet you thoroughly. You're one of the best in wherever it is that you're living and playing out of. And because of that, I... I Two has got to be responsible himself and tell him the truth about how he feels and if he's okay. And knowing that and knowing Tua, man, he was ready to play. Now, the investigation has got to happen, and the NFLPA is going to do that, and rightfully so. But, man, if you got a player who says, I'm fine, and you got a staff that says he checks out, you're going to play him. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. As always, when we come back, the pressure and scrutiny around the Cardinals is rising. So just how much is on the line Sunday in Charlotte? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. So, brother, check it out now. The Funk Soul Brother, right about now. The Funk Soul Brother, check it out now. The Funk Soul Brother, right about now. The Funk Soul Brother, check it out now. The Funk Soul Brother, right about now. The Funk Soul Brother, right about now. Can't fight with uh, Fat Boy Slam. I had to wait for the drop there. All right. The uh, the game in Charlotte on Sunday, Wolf, it comes amidst even more national scrutiny. I won't play the LaShawn McCoy clips. We got through one and a half of the three yesterday, and you were like, stop playing these. Yeah. So we did, but it was basically LaShawn. It wasn't basically. It was LaShawn McCoy calling Kyler Murray trash and then finding different Man. ways to say it. Uh, so hard. Then you also have this story in the Washington Post titled, The Cardinals Double Down on the Cliff and Kyler Show, It Isn't Working, with analysis by Jason Lacanfora. So, I mean, this is a name familiar to uh, to football people. And it's pretty scathing as as essentially calling this experiment, if you still want to call it that after three years, uh, of calling it a failure. Look, and I said this earlier. Cardinals fans that watch every second of this team having questions about what exactly they're seeing this season at the end of last season, completely justified. People that aren't really watching the team, and I don't know if Jason Lockenfor is watching the team or not, but it just seems like they're getting more and more national scrutiny. People that are just kind of casually seeing, oh, they've lost a couple, oh, they're one and two. I don't understand why those people are focused on what the Cardinals are doing wrong right now. If you're invested in this team and watching every second of it, by all means, they have not passed the eye test for, what, 10 of the 12 quarters this season? But people that are just looking at a one-and-two team, there's 16 teams in the NFL with one win or less. Why are they picking on the Cardinals? Yeah, well, it's because of Cliff Kingsbury. That's why. It's because of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, I would say, right there. Um, There are skeptics. Uh, to the point where you've got LaShawn McCoy, of course, saying basically that he's garbage. He's trash. That's what he called him. Um, which is just stunning to me. You're just trying to make, yeah, I don't even want to give him any more due on that right there. It's just ridiculous. But, but if he were just the only guy saying stuff like this, he's the only one that specifically said that. Yes. But, but but he's not the only one. It seems like there is a movement out there. Yeah. I brought this up before the season, Wolf. Cliff Kingsbury was, when they do that, you can bet on who's the first coach fired. Yes. And Cliff's been top three all season. Cliff just got a five-year extension. He's not getting fired. Now, again, if you're a Cardinals fan and you think he should be fired, that's one thing. But he's not getting fired. Not anytime soon. They could go 2-15 and 15 and he might be on the hot seat to start next year. There's so much jealousy when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury. Um, the NFL Illuminati is alive and well. These are traditionalists and old world dudes that think Cliff Kingsbury should have never gotten the job. I'm talking about coaches. I'm talking about front office personnel. I'm talking about people that have been around the game of football for decades and felt like they should have, at some point in time, been promoted. They should have been a head coach in the National Football League. And this guy, who got fired at Texas Tech, after he got fired at Texas Tech, and was an offensive coordinator for the Trojans, got hired. To be a head coach in the NFL, this is this is real. 
and you need to know it. There is an NFL Illuminati. Now, they don't call themselves that. They do not. But when you're talking about the kind of money that is available at the NFL level, and you feel like you got the short end of the stick, that you were overlooked, that you were not appreciated, do you know how many coaches there are in the NFL? Do you know how many front office personnel are a little jaded that they didn't get a promotion? It is a real situation right now, and those guys, they can't wait to talk to the media. They can't wait, and that's one of the reasons why. I, I Listen, if it was anyone else, if it was anyone else who who went about their business, they were an assistant coach, and then they got into the coordinator position where they were an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator or a special teams coordinator, and then all of a sudden they got their head coaching opportunity. If it was anyone else that went through that process, they'd be okay with a coach that coached a team to 5, 8, and 11 wins. They would have no problem with it whatsoever. Extend them all you want. It was the fact that Cliff Kingsbury took the path he did. And they despised Steve Kime for it, for hiring him. Yeah, it's the NFL Illuminati, and it's alive and well. It does feel like those feelings have sort of been rejuvenated since he got the extension. Now, again, I want to draw the distinction. There is a difference between what you're talking, at least in my mind, Wolf, I don't want to speak for you, but there's a difference in my mind of what you're talking about of people that have been around the league and feel like they deserve that chance and Cliff didn't deserve it. Okay, well, Cliff's improved each year. Okay, well, then uh, I won't say anything. Oh, he got an extension? Okay, now I'm mad about it again. To me, there's a difference between that and Cardinals fans looking and saying this offense looks predictable and teams have figured it yeah. out because as a Cardinals fan, have at it. There, there, there are issues. There are absolutely issues here. They need to get fixed. It's hard to not include the end of last season when they have looked the same to start this season. But switching back to that first group, if you are somebody nationally and you're looking and saying, oh, the Cardinals, well, they've lost to the Chiefs and the Rams this year. Yeah. Most teams would have lost to the Chiefs and the Rams this year. If you're not watching the games, you can't really be critical of this. Yes. And once again, um, who has led the charge here? Basically, in regard to, I want to see the Arizona Cardinals do more of this. <laughs> I'm raising my hand because that's exactly what I have said for years now. I'd like to see Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury and his coaching staff and Kyler Murray do a lot more than what I've seen. I've said that. He's growing as a head coach in this league. He is. It's no secret I'd love to see Cliff speed the progression up. Uh, I'd like to see this super smart dude make the adjustments offensively that would blend the old and the new together much more than they already do. Does he need to get better? Yes. Yes. Will he grow? Yes. <laughs> Listen, I was with Bill Belichick in Cleveland Basin Onions, okay? And I can tell you right now, although his philosophy never changed, his tactics completely changed. He grew as a head coach himself. I was there two years, and he was there a year before me. And I came in, and the veterans despised him on that team when I came in. Despised Bill Belichick on the team. They weren't, they weren't into his... 
hands-off approach. He was hands-on, and they despised him when I showed up there. He grew as a head coach over those next two years. And that, I'm sure, that experience taught him a lot as he moved on from Cleveland. Well, I think the problem when you see, and I'm not trying to single out even the Washington Post story, although it is kind of random to me. You you have a one-and-two team right down the street from the Washington Post you could be focused on, but whatever. I'm just saying, in general, we're seeing more and more of this, and... Again, I get it if you are watching every second of the games, but some of this feels like it almost feels like it's written as if Cliff thinks he's figured it all out and he's not trying to get better. Right. And I get as a fan, you don't have to have that sort of patience and you freak out when you see, okay, this isn't working this week and he's signed for five and a half more years. But if you're just around the league being like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Look, he's already got it all figured out. That's not Cliff Kingsbury. He's, he, he, does he ever sound to you like he, he thinks he's better than everybody else and he's no, got it all figured out? No. He's trying to evolve. They did win 11 games last year. <laughs> if you want to have these stories, if they're one in 10 this year, absolutely. But I just don't remember nationally people calling for somebody's job or implying somebody should lose their job when they're one and two after they just went to the playoffs the year before. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's just it, it goes back to what I'm saying. It's it's a situation where if it was anyone else other than Cliff Kingsbury, who actually won five, eight, 11 games and went to the playoffs. Um, where Kyler Murray got better in all three years, Offensive Rookie of the Year, to Pro Bowl, to Pro Bowl once again, where he's developing, and you can see his development. Yes, you can see it. Um, Yeah, if it was anyone else, of course everyone would say, yeah, you know, he's going to get an extension. Coming into this year, there are people writing national articles saying he's on the hot seat. With the extension. He just got the extension for five. He's on the hot seat. I'll pull up the odds right now. I guarantee you he's one of the top three coaches on the that you can bet on being one of the first coaches <laughs> fired. So that's not even like, oh, you know, I'm, I, this is my opinion. This is people putting money. Yes. that they Their own hard-earned money that they believe he's one of the most likely coaches to be fired. And he is signed through 2027. And just, once again, I want to stress it. Uh, this is a yes. I want to see them continue to evolve as an offense. I, I want to see them work a lot more of what everyone else is doing into their offense. I think it's it's critical for Kyler Murray and his development to do it. I think it's critical. Oh, they're not where they need to be. No. If, if not for Kyler pulling some magic out at the end of that Raiders game. They're 0-3 and, and look and, awful doing it. And they look like the worst team in the NFL, other than a couple great drives there by Kyler Murray. They look like the worst team in the NFL, but it's it's three weeks. Uh, all right, when we come back, well, first of all, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, should we expect to see Christian McCaffrey on Sunday when the Cardinals take on the Panthers? We're going to ha- ask the host of Believe in Carolina Panthers and former Panthers running back Jonathan Stewart. He's going to join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports, Wolf and Luke. This is Behind Enemy Lines. Gathering intel on this week's Cardinals opponent from Inside Enemy Base Camp. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Your retirement is on the clock. Execute your game plan today by visiting canvasannuity.com. 
right, it's time for Behind Enemy Lines as we get the Carolina Panthers perspective on this game. And joining us on the Arizona Sports Line is the host of the Believe in Carolina Panthers on Believe. And, well, former Panthers running back, 11 years in the NFL, 10 with the Panthers, Jonathan Stewart. This is great. Jonathan great Stewart. Player. Yeah. Jonathan, uh, thank you for the time. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, all right. Every time it seems like people are talking about the Panthers and you're matching up, it always starts with Christian McCaffrey. And I would assume you are the right guy to talk to about this. Why is he such a just a, a dominant factor when he's able to be out there on the field? Um, I mean, because he's, first of all, he's the hardest working person I've ever like come across when it comes to you know, working on your craft and and just the preparation. But um, obviously his knowledge of the game, um, his football IQ is through the roof. Uh, and so that allows him to do things that a lot of players don't have the ability to do, which is line up at any position and understand it to a way to where he can actually be a professional receiver, a professional running back, a professional pass protect, pass protector. I'm pretty sure if you put him on kickoff return, punt return, um, he'll establish himself there as well. So um, you'd add all those factors to his natural ability and his instincts and his vision. Um, he's just an overall complete package. So that's that's my answer to your question. So Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan, that's all? Jonathan do you think he's going to play on Sunday? Um, absolutely. I mean, you know, whenever you have, you know, a guy that has at that position, you're going to get a lot of, you know, bruises and, 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 you know, thigh bruises are not something, um, that that's fun. You know, if you ever imagine banging your leg against, you know, a desk or something like that, and and you might want to say a couple of curse words, um, here and there because of the pain. Imagine having a thigh bruise and, and having to get, you know, trampled on every play as a running back. You know, it's not a fun injury to have. And I think this week, you know, when you, when you talk about the measurements of, you know, protecting him, you know, with practice and stuff like that, you just don't want a guy like that to go into practice and accidentally get a helmet to his thigh or, you know, fall weird or something like that. Um, so just preserve his body throughout the week. Um, obviously it's needed. You know, he had a 25 carry, um, game last week and, you know, just give him some rest, give him an opportunity to recover. Uh, I think we definitely will see him. I'm not sure how much. I think, you know, that's up to the offensive coordinator and the coaching staff as far as how they're going to, you know, rotate the, the backfield. Maybe it might be by committee. Um, or maybe we see a full, a full workload out of Christian, you know, McCaffrey, um, which, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no, Jonathan, we are talking to Jonathan Stewart here, great running back, uh, largely for the Carolina Panthers, of course, guy who played 11 years in the league. Jonathan, um, what I want to know, as a former player myself, I played 10 years in the league, um, did you ever look at an opponent that might have been hurting? Um, let's say a linebacker that had a bad shoulder. And did you try to actually test that shoulder when you were a running back? Would you would you say, you know what? Uh, you got a bad shoulder. I'm going to choose the third rail of running the ball and just try to run you right over. And we're going to find out how that shoulder is. As a player, did you um, ever do that? 
I've never really thought that way, um, like strategy-wise. Um, if I knew there was, there, you know, we're facing an opponent and they have some nicks and bruises on some guys and whatnot overall, um, especially you'll find that very, you know, common middle of the season even, you know. So um, given that, you know, going into a game knowing a guy's hurt, I'm not looking to hurt someone. I'm not looking to challenge a person's injury, but I, it does give me a sense of confidence <laughs> knowing that someone's <laughs> nicked up and and I feel like I'm, you know, 70%, 80%, um, and they're probably a 60%. You know, that gives me a, a definite edge of confidence. See, for me, I, I never tried to injure anybody. I, I never I never tried to, but I tried to hurt everybody as a wedge buster. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you definitely inflict, inflict pain. We're talking to Jonathan Stewart. Uh, Jonathan, the quarterback matchup in this one, Kyler Murray against Baker Mayfield, they obviously know each other very well. There's a bit of a friendly rivalry there. What have you seen from Baker in his first couple games here with the, the Panthers? Um, I see. Uh, I see a quarterback that you know having some growing pains here and there. I mean, it's, just, it's similar things you see around the league when you have a, a new a new quarterback leading a new team, um, new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, you look at the Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson. Um, you know, he's struggling right now with his growing pains. New receivers. Um, you know, a, a large history of. Of, of him being with the Seahawks. So I'm pretty sure there's just a lot of things that he has to get accustomed to in general. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, Baker is going through the same thing. Um, you know, I think the offensive line is starting to click a little bit. We saw that last week. Um, so going into this week, you know, I expect him to be able to take advantage of, you know, you know the, 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 hopefully they go man coverage. Like they did <laughs> the first the first game of the year that they played the Chiefs, and maybe we can watch that film and take advantage of that, um, or you know go look at the Rams you know Rams film from last week to see them going too high, um, tack those flat sevens and 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 see if thing, anything opens up over across the middle underneath, um, and obviously you know get creative you know with the you know, with the offensive coordinator calling some plays and getting some jet sweeps going um, just to get, you know, the safeties moving, the linebackers moving, so that way it opens up the door for um, the running game um, and, and vice versa. You know, a running game needs to come ready to play. Offensive line has to, you know, be on the P's and Q's, no stupid mental errors as far as holding because um, I'm pretty sure we're going to definitely break some, and we just don't want those things to get called back. Right. Um, Jonathan, the weather, of course, is going to be a big issue here. Um, supposedly, there's going to be rain. Have you heard anything different from that? Um, I mean, I've just looked on the Doppler here and there, because we're obviously, right now, it's windy and raining outside as we speak. Um, I feel like the, the storm's going to actually move in and move out. Um, you know, I did a podcast earlier, um, I have a, a Believe in Panthers podcast um, featuring Desmond Johnson and um, Skylar Callahan on the Believe Network, and um, we talked right, you know, an hour ago um, about the weather and how quickly the storm is is, is moving through um, the southeast, and I think by Sunday 
you know, we're talking probably 70 degrees and no no weather effect oh, at all. Wow. That changes things. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much for the time, man. Now you can find Jonathan Stewart, like he just said, on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on Believe and, of course, former 10 years with the uh, Carolina Panthers running back and another year with the Giants as well. Jonathan, thank you for the time. No problem, man. Thank you, buddy. That's Jonathan Stewart joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. That is going to be interesting if the weather is, wow. is gone by That's, that. That would be beautiful that be right there. The, it's still uh, going to be change. about running the ball. It is. You watch. Uh, we come back over to basketball. We know Cam Johnson's going to be starting for the Suns this season. What exactly are they going to do with Jay Crowder, and is it maybe getting more difficult to trade him? Now, we'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Back over to basketball, Wolf. The Phoenix Suns getting set to take on the 36ers on Sunday. Yeah. Renew that rivalry. They apparently did play four years ago. I forgot about that until Kellen pointed the that out. The 36ers? Yes. Okay. Suns 36 <laughs> The 36ers. They're going to do a 30 for 30 that. on this rivalry someday. Fantastic. Uh, but that kicks off the preseason for the Phoenix Suns. couple games, and then, of course, the regular season starts October 19th, which is three weeks from this past Wednesday. So we're less than three weeks away from the start of the NBA season. Uh, Cam Johnson is going to be a starter this season. In fact, here's Monty Williams talking about that yesterday. We have changed the rotation. We have changed a few of our personnel pieces uh, or people. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, it's, I think there's an opportunity for us to grow, for sure. Just putting Cam in the starting lineup has created a different level of, you know, opportunity for everybody else. And I think that's that part's exciting. So we have to see. You know, like like we all know the West is a beast. <laughs> the East is the NBA's crazy these days, man. So you you'll be tested right away. Yeah, you know, Monty seems okay with it, doesn't he? He seems more than okay with it right there. I, I it's think the next logical step. It just seems like it is to me, Luke. It really does. Um, Cam Johnson, of course, this is a guy, he's not the same guy. And, of course, we'd all testify to the fact that coming in as a young guy, as a rookie, and how much better you're going to get once you get experience, he really is not the same guy when he first showed up here. He is truly developed. And I think he's developed not only on the offensive side, but also the defensive end of the floor. I think he's done a great job with that, getting better. Now, is he Jay Crowder? No, he's not Jay Crowder yet. Is he as physical as Jay Crowder? No, he's not. Is he as experienced as Jay Crowder? No, he isn't. But based on where the NBA is going, this positionless league for the most part, he actually may be better suited to start than Jay Crowder. Well, I am wrestling with this notion, Wolf, because as we did the show throughout last season, I consistently came back to the point of, I don't want this team to break up for a while. Now, this is during the regular season last year, right? But, you know, it was even if this team doesn't win the title this year, being last season, you know, I want to keep this team together as long as you can. They're going to look real different this year. 
You know, Chris Paul is a year older, and that makes a, a difference apparently for him when he goes from 36 to 37. Now, I, I mean, I think he'll be fine this year, but you already don't have JaVale McGee. It doesn't sound like you're going to have Jay Crowder. He's he's not at camp. Uh, the assumption is they're trying to trade him. Maybe put a pin in that for a second, because what if they can't trade him? But just in general, let's say they they do move on from Jay Crowder, Wolf. I don't know what you're going to get back when every team knows you're trying to trade him and he doesn't want to be there. He hasn't hidden that. Your number five guy last year on in minutes is Jay Crowder. Number six was Cam Johnson, obviously. He's a sixth man. So let's say Cam moves into the starting lineup, you get rid of Jay Crowder, but you don't get anything back that's really going to help you right away this year. Or, you know, maybe it's more of a, just a bench piece, but not a sixth man. Your next two guys in minutes were Cam Payne and Landry Shamit last yeah, year. Right. Do you feel real good about either one of them right now being your sixth man? Uh, yeah, that's to a good question. To win a title? No, that's a good question. I, I totally understand where you're going with that, but I don't believe this is the end. I don't believe this. It, it can't be. It, it, there has to be exactly. more moves coming. I don't believe that this is where James Jones is going to say, oh, yeah, we're good to go. I, I don't believe that. There's a another shoe that will come down because you are going to move Jay Crowder. That's the one thing I think we both agree on. He's gone. So let me ask you this. Oh, no. Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. No, no, I was I, wrong I, on that? No, I'm 99% with you. He's gone. He, he oh. talks like he's gone. They haven't said they're definitely trading him. They've just said it's the best move for him to be away from the team right now. Now, I have no <laughs> doubt they are trying to trade him. But this is uh, this is this quote that we had from before off Hoopswire from a rival GM that said, I'd be real hesitant to get a guy who once traded simply because he was told he'd have to earn his starting spot. That's not a team player. Uh, that's a quote from a rival GM, uh, whoever that is. And I, <laughs> you gave the caveat earlier of rival GMs, how much stock do you really yeah, put in what they have to say? I don't. Now, that's fair. But that specific quote, there's some logic to it. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is what if the Suns can't get decent value for Jay Crowder? Or what if there isn't another team that's like, we want Jay and he's going to start here? If you're going to go be the sixth man for Sacramento, wouldn't you rather just stay and be the yeah. sixth man for the Suns? So is there like a 5% chance he might still end up here? I don't think it's going to happen, but is it completely done? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, so it's completely done. Gambo did tweet out yesterday that um, Jetty Osman is a name that has been rumored as a trade candidate for Jay Crowder. Okay, so... That's it from the, from the Cavs? Yes. That's so... I mean, Cleveland. I think, Cleveland's know, got a young team. They could use, but I, yeah. is Jay Crowder going to start there? Yeah. Um, I have no idea if Jay Crowder is going to start there, but you know what? Uh, that's his problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, right at this point, uh, Jay Crowder says he does not want to be here. And I'm sure he's told James Jones the truth. He does not, he does not want to be here. If in fact this is true, that they're, they're, they were going to make him compete for his minute, so to speak, to be a starter. They were going to make him compete. And he didn't like that. Um, this is why I think I believe, yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's got to be more to it than that because of what you just said. We're going to make you compete for your minutes. Okay. Well, then I won out. Well, any good team you go to is going to make you compete for your minutes. Yeah, I don't understand that. It doesn't sound like Jay Crowder to me. No, so there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else, right? Yeah. This is, there's got to be something else because it doesn't sound like Jay Crowder. That, that sounds like a, a limp lily, as we used to say, ladies and gentlemen, a limp lily. 
Um, that doesn't sound like Jay Crowder, tough guy, Mr. Physical. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to help this team win. And I'm going to tell you about it while we're doing it. <laughs> it's definitely going to tell you. I, I, that does not sound like Jay Crowder to me. I'm going to salsa I'm going to be really disappointed. Can I just tell you that? I'm going to be really disappointed if, in fact, that's all it is. And I know that that's, you know... <laughs> I know you can't put a ton of stock into an anonymous GM and what it is that he said, but, um, and yes, I believe there's something else, but if it's that, if it truly is just that, man, I'm going to be really disappointed. Uh, And I'll keep throwing this number out there. Jay Crowder averaged 28.1 minutes a game last year. Cam Johnson averaged 26.2. I don't know how you do the .2 on a 60-second minute, but whatever. The point is, it was less than a two-minute difference. Now, maybe Cam gets into the starting lineup and he's playing 30 minutes and Jay's only going to play 25 minutes or whatever. But um, most of what Jay Crowder did for this team, he could still do as the sixth man. It's not like, (laughs) hey, Cam's starting. Jay, you're down there at the very end behind whoever we call up from the G League this year. Like he He would still have a huge role on this team. And it wouldn't be like when... It's not like when you're in Little League and they're like, you go play right field. That's the most important position. Like, no, sixth man on the Suns is a very important position. So I, I have to think it's more than just that. Yes, I, I would agree. That with was my Little League I'm experience. excited, though. I, I am. I'm excited to see Cam Johnson as a starter. I am, too. Really, am. This is, this is a guy I've been talking about it for years. He's a much better athlete than most people give him credit for. He can shoot the ball. He's got some offensive skills. And not only that, I think he gives him a little bit more height. Gives him a little bit more height. And not only that, I also think this is a guy that is going to make them more athletic. Most of all, more athletic. Not that Jay Crowder, I, I don't want to throw dirt on him. Or dirt at him at all. I don't want to do that with Jay, but he's a little, he's more stiff than Cam Johnson. <laughs> uh, Cam Johnson was, I mean, you just took him with the 11th overall pick just a couple of years ago. The plan, you don't, you don't use the 11th overall pick on a guy to not eventually have him as a starter. If he can't do it, you're not going to force it, but Cam Johnson's been good. Now, he did say yesterday he's going to have to be a better rebounder. Yeah, so that's going to have to be a huge focus of mine is, is to rebound, rebound a lot better than I have in my first couple of years. Um, being guard and be a lot more physical. I think that's that's where I'm going to have to elevate my game a lot. Because we in, in that first unit, we have guys that can score the ball. We have guys that can you know play out of pick and roll. Um, so I'm going to have to contribute in as many ways as I can. It's well, a good like good story on that end. The Cam's getting a start. It's just, yes. I think the other part of the story is very open-ended because you can't just lose Jay Crowder and be like, well, here we go. We're better this year. You can't lose Jay Crowder and JaVale McGee and not not add anything. So obviously the story's uh, far from finished. When we come back, what are the keys to victory for the Cardinals against the Panthers in Carolina on Sunday? And does it change at all with, since, uh, since Jonathan Stewart just gave us that weather update that it might not be raining all that much on Sunday? It's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.